You are listening to Inspired Caring with Michelle Magner, episode number 121. Hello, welcome to Inspired Caring. I'm your host, Michelle Magner. If you are caring for an older family member, this is the podcast for you. Each week, I bring insight, tips, inspiration, and strategies to help you care for the people that you love without losing yourself along the way. Having cared for both of my grandmothers, I've helped manage everything from hospital stays, households full of belongings, to navigating senior living and end-of-life care. And I've worked in senior living as a result of that experience, serving my residents and their families as they've been on this journey too. Thank you for joining me today, and I hope you enjoy this episode of Inspired Caring. I can feel the energy mounting, so we're going (laughs) to dive in. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here with you. Yes. I want to hear about compassionate callers and your background and what led you to where you are today. Yeah. So um, compassionate callers is a business I started in March and it is a calling service that actually works nationwide because it's not hands-on. There's no in-person, but we're able to call people up to five times a day, seven days a week. Um, And I say that can be a range of anything. So um, loneliness, it can be medication reminder, meal reminders. Actually, um, I'm starting to focus on latchkey kids because (laughs) truthfully, here in Arizona, some of you may know, we're having some teacher issues and we have no aftercare programs anymore. And when parents both work full time and their kids have to go home, they worry, but they're working and it's kind of puts them in a bad spot. So that's where we can come in and call your kids and make sure they got home safely. Um, so that's kind of my new avenue is the latchkey kids. Um, however, obviously I, uh, I've always been focusing on the seniors. I actually have a degree in gerontology mm-hmm. and, um, have been working in this field for over a decade. What led you to this path? Like not just starting your company, but how did you end up getting interested in gerontology? Yeah, no, it's a good question. I know it's so niche, so it's so random, but, um, my, so I grew up in Scottsdale, Arizona and my parents, honestly, over 25 years ago, maybe 30 brought home and said senior care to the Valley. They were the first people to bring the franchise here. They had four franchise office. Yeah. So it kind of just felt like it was in my blood from day one. Um, you know, every meal it was, senior citizen talk or something in in the realm of it. So I always have had the knowledge of it and it kind of just felt like second nature to get into the same business. They've sold over 15 years ago at this, no, not that long ago, but they've sold, they retired. um, Mm -hmm. And then on a personal note, my father actually got diagnosed in his late fifties with dementia and died Mm -hmm. in his early sixties. Um, so with all these things combining, it was kind of just something that came to me. I felt like there was a little piece in this world that was missing and I hoping and thinking that compassionate callers would be that piece missing piece. That is amazing. Thanks. 
Thank you. I'm a little um, star. I mean, just like starstruck and spellbound right now. With- so they they aren't the owner owners of Homestead. Right. Um, well, that, got, that was birthed um, in my hometown of Omaha. Yep. Like Colin Cherry and Lakeland is very much present here in Omaha, still doing things. Yeah. So um, my whole life, they would go to conferences in Omaha. I never went because I was a child, but um, we constantly were eating Omaha steaks. We had them delivered to our house all the time. Um, okay, but yeah, I could, I could see that you totally know it. And um, she, my my mom was one of the first people to have a franchise, which was pretty cool. It's amazing. This is just a reminder, everyone, that we are all connected because Bina and I met on the internet. Like we, you, I think we got connected on Instagram and one of of the medias. Yes. Whatever it was. (laughs) Right. And we've been, you know, following each other's and supporting each other's work. And I invited you on the podcast and it's just, it's all, we're all just connected. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree, Michelle. Like I knew you said Omaha, but it didn't even connect until I brought up home and said, I'm like, does she would know it? Of course. Oh, that's so beautiful. So you were like, I'm going to college and I'm going to study gerontology. It's very niche. (laughs) (laughs) And I love that you found a gap in the system because this is where, this is what is going to turn the tide for us as a culture, as a society. Um, it's, it, this is unsustainable the way that we are aging right now and the programs and services that have historically been in place are, are important and worthwhile and foundational. And we need to be thinking and reinventing what people need. So you saw this need for a calling service. Yeah, I, I did. Um, so what, what really is, part of the driving factor is when my dad was diagnosed and then get, got to the end, we placed him and we were, we're very fortunate and, you know, it was just part of the story, but we were able to place him in a beautiful place in Scottsdale. And I would go a working mom, two little kids, and I was treated like gold. And I just knew this was not reality for most people. And I just knew that, you know, while, while I was having this experience, so many others weren't, and I wanted to make anything for them easier and more accessible. And that's really where I came up with this calling service. It's, um, I offer three packages. It's a very low monthly cost. And, you know, they're able, the caregivers of these family members are able to get some uh, peace of mind and know, listen, compassionate callers is going to call. And if I don't hear from them, ignorance is bliss. My loved one is safe and home and secure. And I'll just continue on whatever I'm doing for the day. And uh, yeah, I agree with you. There just, there has to be new and innovative ways to care for our elder. Um, Unfortunately, they're not cared for as much as we'd like here in the country. what I just good or bad or whatever the case, a lot of people are, you know, find it hard to always make it work to care for their aging loved ones. Right. And, you know, I am, my background is in senior living, your family, part of your family legacy is around home, Mm -hmm. home care. And there is no one way, like this is very nuanced and there's different times and chapters to this aging and caregiving experience. So really I encourage people to have self-compassion and grace 
Absolutely. Like, because, because we don't know, we don't know what may come up. And I hear families make these promises that are very, um, sacrificial, like at their own expense. And I just, I'm hoping we can open the, the door to the idea that anything is possible. And I love that your service, it sounds like it could be used for kids. So many of us have kids that yeah. are in the role. We have our aging family members. People could be at home. Could they also be in senior living and receive the compassionate Ab- calls? Absolutely. I always say wherever they call home. Um, again, and I, I focus on Arizona, obviously, because I'm living here, but we are having a caregiver shortage. Um, and so, you know, if your loved one is living in a community and maybe they're not getting that one-on-one that you would like them to get, that's where we can also step in, call them, talk to them, stave off that loneliness. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So anywhere they call home, we're able to call. So what, what's happening on these phone calls? Like if you, yeah. <laughs> So it's so, it's so funny you ask, um, at the moment it's me making the calls and, uh, you know, they're, they're great. They happen to all be men at the moment. And, you know, I know so much about them at this point. Um, Mm -hmm. they're all, depending on your package, they're either up to five, seven or 10 minute calls, but five times a day. And, um, you know, I know about one's lawn very well. I know all about his lawn care. (laughs) So we talk about that and it's truly me calling and saying, you know, did you take your night medicine? Yes. Great. How was your day? And then we talk about his lawn or his caregiver. And, you know, there's just so much that goes into each call and you build a rapport and a relationship. And it's just, it's, it's lovely, honestly. Um, you know, I, I can tell on the phone if something's off and it's happened twice now where, something's a little wrong and we've taken care of it. I've called the correct people. So it's a lot more than just checking in. It's really knowing this person and saying, I don't know if they they're right right now. Yeah. And because it's a human being calling them, you can have that personal touch to get to know that, get to know them. Yeah. I love that part of it, to be honest. Um, you know, I'm not opposed to text check-ins at all. If it's someone, mm-hmm. if it's what someone wants, I, obviously great. But for the human, like you said, the human calls, it's so neat. And it's so, what's the word? Like I said earlier, just peace of mind for so many involved in that person's care plan. So if someone is receiving up to five calls a day um, from you, it sounds like it could be medication reminders. Is it maybe appointment reminders or? Yeah. So um, if I get the schedule, it can definitely be appointment reminders, medication reminders. I always say that I'm an actual true fall risk alert. And how I can say that or go around it is, you know, if, if someone lives alone, they are a fall risk and they're not wearing their pennant, which we know happens, um, and they fall, what good does it do? But since I am calling up to five times a day, I will know if they pick up the phone or not. And since I have an emergency protocol for each client, if they don't pick up the phone, I I just take action. And I say, you know, we got to go through the emergency protocol list and, you know, God willing, they're, they're not on the floor, but if they are, let's get someone over there. Let's get a wellness check done. So what kind of assessment do you have to do on the front end? So if I'm a daughter or a part, a spouse, um, and I call you, how, how does it work? How does the program work or the yeah, process? So, 
um, let's say you were to call me, Michelle, we would do an assessment. Um, just like you, I've been in this industry forever. So I feel like I have a full assessment that we go over likes, dislikes, ailments, whatever, the, whatever. We just go over everything. And then uh, part of that is the emergency protocol. So let's say you are signing up your mom, just an example. Um, you may say to me, um, don't call me first, but call, call the non-emergency 911 number in her city. Mm -hmm. Great. That's what I would do. Then I would call you. So, you know, you're not the front line. We're calling, making that wellness check done before I call you and say, hey, just so you know, there's a wellness check happening. Um, so that's each individual get their own care plan in that sense. So like I work with geriatric care managers and some of them, they're the first line, they're the first call instead of a 911 or a family member. So it just depends mm. on the situation. So that would be a care manager at a doctor's office? Um, no, so we have geriatric care managers, like nurse advocates. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, um, you know, I work with a few here, one in Colorado who they're just involved and that's who they want me to call if something, if somebody doesn't answer their phone. Oh, this is so good because not everybody, um, has children or a spouse. So if someone is listening to this and, um, maybe they know a neighbor who, would have this need. It sounds like there are people that you can call instead of, I don't know, how am I wording this? <laughs> no, you're doing good. <laughs> like how, how do people, um, because I feel like everybody needs that your service. That's what I feel like. <laughs> Thank and you, Michelle. So, me too. <laughs> if, um, if someone is like, well, I don't have anyone for you to call. Like I don't have a child or a neighbor or whatever. It sounds like there are care managers that are out there in our community. Yeah, so I, um, on top of just being part of this industry, I love giving referrals and resources mm. out. And I'm sure you do too. It's just, I think it's ingrained in us. And um, so there are, there are geriatric care managers and nurse advocates nationwide. So let's say like you have someone in Omaha, you know, I would work with you to find one, we would vet them, ask them questions. Um, and I'd be very happy to do that. So, you know, most likely you could find a, a geriatric care manager or nurse advocate in your city or town that you live in. And then from there, they kind of take over the care. So like you said, let's say they don't have children, a spouse, let's say they're estranged from their family, which we know happens. Yeah. Um, this person can jump in and act like that family member. Wow. So yeah, with power of attorney, yeah, paperwork and advocacy. That's amazing. Yeah. What do, you feel, what do you feel like people are struggling with the most right now? So when you're with your clients that you are calling, like how can we, I'm trying to elevate empathy mm, yeah. between the care partner and caregiver and the person that they're caring for. So what are some of the things in addition to lawn care tips? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, that's a good question. I think when I, when I'm speaking to the, the clients on the phone, it's a lot of so the, the, they're elderly, you know, a lot stay home during the day. And it's just, I think it's a nice way to have them speak to somebody. And we really, we being me, really listen um, 
like one guy I know, he owned, he owned, excuse me, a, a video rental store. And we talk about movies all the time. And I think it just is a really nice feeling for him to be so listened to and talk about a passion of his. I know it doesn't sound like empathy or empathetic, but, you know, we're talking about stuff he loves. And I try really hard to, um, how do I word this? Like, get into his life so that he can mm-hmm. feel appreciated and that he you know his time here matters and he loved owning this this video store so I hope that answered your question but yeah, I think no I think you're we- helping them kind of weed out their legacy and you're focused on them and what's important to mm-hmm. them and their hobbies and what's of interest um I think as caregivers I would get very caught up in the logistics of what needed to happen next. Like, well, you've got this doctor's appointment and, and then, you know, I do that with my kids. Absolutely. Me too with mine. I'm like, Oh, basketball's tonight. We got to plan this to be here. Yeah. I totally get it. Yeah. So I just, I love the name of your company, compassionate callers, because you are helping dial into um, something that I think we're starting to lose a little sight of, which is just having compassion for one another. Yeah, I think um, I agree with you. It's sad. And I do think it kind of comes from that shortage. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about where you are, but like when I go into stores around town here, like there are literal signs that don't be mean to the employees that showed up today. Like, I think you're right. Like a lot of people are feeling that disconnect and um, I just, it's, it's sad. It seems like a different world. I don't know. Yeah. How, um, so you started in March Yeah. and it is August right now as we record. Um, so you're the platforms that you're speaking on, how are you getting the word out about this? I'm so excited that we'll have this audience to introduce you. What are some other ways that you are sharing this message? Well, um, I am so excited. So thank you for having me on this. And I am in networking groups. I do ads on social media. Um, I will talk to anybody in in any state because it is nationwide. Um, I'm really just trying to get the word out there. I think for this business, it's going to be a lot of educating because, you know, discharge nurses, um, case management, they're so used to sending home with home care and home health. But if people can't afford home care, you know, or they can only afford the minimum per week, I'm another resource and option. But I think it's a big mind shift because I'm new. They don't really understand that, you know, you can refer to me in that in that sense. In the whole discharge game, you can say, you know what, if you can't afford home care, let's do compassionate callers. Um, So I think it's just a lot of educating, getting the word out there. Yeah. Cause I, you know, we sort of, because we're all connected in one way or another, I'm also envisioning people just to think of what your profession is. And if this is something that you can introduce to your company or your community with through a virtual event, or maybe you can travel around a little bit, I don't know, um, to reach out to you. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that. Um, I actually think it's such a benefit to companies to offer this to their employers. I've just been doing my own research just because of what I do. And, um, you know, there's so many family caregivers that are in that whole sandwich generation, which we haven't even touched on yet, who are working full time, who do have the aging loved ones, who have the younger kids and work kind of becomes 
low, low guy on the totem pole. And, you know, they're showing that this is a true thing that's happening. And if they were able to offer their um, employees this benefit, like I said, I can take that off your plate during the day, make those calls. You don't have to worry unless you hear from compassionate callers. You can know your loved ones are safe and secure wherever they call home. That's so great. So if someone was to subscribe for, um, you know, do one of the monthly packages, can they divide the calls between parents and children who you're calling? Great. That is a great question. That has not come up yet. Let me think about that. (laughs) I'm just thinking like, I need you to check on my mom at 10 and one and four, but I need you to check on my kids at 230. No, that's, that's a brilliant question. Let me think on that. I, uh, please, if anyone else feels that contact me, I'm going to think on that one. Cause I like that be like a little add-on thing or a divide and conquer thing so that'll be good (laughs) yeah no my god great question seriously what do you feel like people need to hear or know so uh, if someone I mean everybody that's listening most people are in a family caregiver care partner role what what and you've been at this for quite a while you know helping aging people and serving seniors, what, what should people consider, take into consideration? Um, you touched on it earlier and I think you are so right. Um, give yourself grace. This is mm-hmm. not easy. Um, there is no handbook, unfortunately, and every situation is going to be different. Another thing that I know some people find it hard to do, and I get it, it's prideful, I understand, but take take advantage of the resources that are out there. You know, Compassion Callers, for example, is a low cost resource, but there's many others out there. Um, You know, you can find a free support group, which I highly recommend to most of my um, family caregivers who are dealing with an aging aging loved one. Um, So that's big. Also, you know, talk therapy. I I just say to all the, the caregivers out there, and trust me, I know it's easier said than done. I went through this with my dad. But um, take care of yourself as well. It's It would be so tragic if something you just burnt out on your end and your loved one and you then needed some help. You know, we want to make sure you're taking care of, you're taking care of yourself and you're mm-hmm. using what resources are out there. Yeah, that's beautiful. Because I think so many people don't identify as a caregiver, so it doesn't occur to them to access caregiver resources. Yeah. I agree. I agree with you. And I understand, I I do agree with you. So I completely understand that. that, Yeah. So your family was, you also were on a caregiver journey. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, have you been on one personally? Yes. So I was the primary family caregiver for both of my grandmothers from age like 27 to 36. So while we were having our babies, I was the one that was in charge of everything for them. Um, Medically, financially, everything, you know, doing the moves. And then we inherited both of their homes with all the stuff in it. And then more recently, my mother-in-law was living with dementia for a really long time and she just passed away in April mm-hmm. and February prior. So 14 months prior, my father-in-law had passed away 
with a terminal cancer diagnosis. Oh so my he God, was her caregiver yeah. um, for a really long time. And then we got to the point when she, it was just best for her to be in senior living. Mm-hmm. So she moved to senior care and like, it was within six months, like he got a diagnosis. We moved her to senior living. It's just, yeah. So wow. we it's a lot. See, and, and you're you're the a prime example that it just happens to everyone. There's no playbook and it's just tough. And I'm I'm so sorry you went through all that. Well, and same for you. And it's it's such a connecting force for us, right? To hear that other people are on this journey and they are in the weeds. Yes. <laughs> going absolutely. through it. And there are resources out there like compassionate callers that are here to help. So mm-hmm. what, um, what a beautiful thing. How do people find you? Like, how do they track you down and follow you? Yeah, no, I appreciate it. So like, like Michelle and I met, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, that's it for the social media. I'm very accessible. So just feel free to DM me. Um, you can email me at inquiries at compassionate callers.com. Um, I'm just, I just feel like I'm pretty easy to reach pretty easy going. And I, I want to help like creating these care plans. Mm -hmm. I love it. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. it's just something I love to do and, um, being able to give other caregivers, family caregivers, some peace of mind, since you've been through it and I've been through it is something I am very big on because like I mentioned earlier, we just need it. We need to do this for ourselves. Yeah. We're, we're under too much stress and duress. Absolutely. Absolutely. And a lot of time you don't give your, listen, I'm, I'm guilty of it too, but it's hard to give yourself grace. And that's what I'm would love to just give people, give them respite, give them that hour back of their life, whatever, just so they can have time for themselves. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you for being here today. Thank you, Michelle. This is great. 